I got it. I got it. You can't explain. Say, I got faith. Say, there is no separation between me and the Lord. Say it again, there is no separation between me and the Lord. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the power of sin that separates you from God. So if God sent His Son and shed His blood to destroy the works of the devil, destroy the things separating you from Him, then there is no longer separation if you're in Christ. Say, there is no separation. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, there is no separation between you and the Lord. I, this is, I'm going to drill this into you. If it's my only message today, there is no separation. Because if you can get it in your skull, in your cranium, if you can get it here that there is no separation, if it becomes real to you, then you'll be above circumstance. Because you'll be seated with Him. You, you, your mind is not here and God is up there. No, you're with Him. And all things are under you. And look at somebody and tell them, there is a journey that everyone has to take to come into that place where they know beyond a shadow of a doubt, they know that they know that there is no separation. Say, it's a journey. And every one of us have to take that journey. Nobody can walk this journey for you. It's a journey that you walk alone. Now, you can walk with other people, but it's like um, that PACE program. Learn, how does it? Learn at your own pace. Well, this is your journey with the Lord at your own pace. If you want to be slow, then fine. If you want to be quick, then be quick. It's, It's all up to you. It's nobody else controls this except you. It's your decision. Amen? So there's no separation. And so, you know, I prepared a whole message today to talk about the fear of the Lord. And while I'm in worship, the Lord just rewrapped my whole message. It's just like a whole new one. So let's have some fun. So, Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, whatever you want to do, it's, it's your house, it's your place. We belong to you, God. And I thank you, Father, that your word shall not return to you void. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and understanding. I thank you, Lord, that you bring understanding to every heart here today. Lord, let there be light in darkness. Let everything that the enemy has done to cloud their minds from the truth, let the light shine in that darkness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say, let there be light. Put your hand on your heart. Say, light be. And so, Father, let your word go in there. Let it grab darkness and bring it in subjection to your truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't even know where to begin. I have so much I want to say. Pastor Selena said we might be here all day. She might not be wrong. We'll order pizza. 
Have it delivered. Go to the book of Matthew chapter 7. This year the Lord spoke to us that it was going to be a year of divine increase. And He gave us Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Deuteronomy chapter 6, while you're there, I just want to bring some people up to speed. Who's here today, first time, never been here before, first time in our service? Anybody at all? Thank you back there. All right. Awesome. Good to have you guys here. You know, it's, it takes a lot of bravery to come into a church building. I just want to let you know you're brave, right? Because uh, it's quite intimidating, and you never know what you're going to find in church buildings, right? And you probably walked in here not knowing what you were going to get, and then you saw what you got, and that was like, what are these people doing? But, <laughs> so, uh, the, we got victory, right? We, we know how to live in victory. We live in victory. And uh, we want to help you break through everything that you're facing. Amen. And uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, verse 1, These are the commands, decrees, regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And, your and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord. Say must. It's not like an option. It says, must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all these decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Say, there's only one God. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and all your strength. You must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God is saying, my commands are so, so important. Put them everywhere so you don't forget them. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you didn't dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. Look at the person next to you and tell him, God has commanded us that we must fear Him above all else. That we must serve Him. And it's, it's not an option. And so when you think about your life, there's things that you can be afraid of. And whatever you're afraid of, you'll allow to control you. So if you're afraid of your wife, I don't know why I said that, but it came out. No, but if you're, if, mm, 
Shaka Zulu. I feel like I hit something right there. <laughs> I mean, while you're sleeping, it's over, baby. Don't mess with her. <laughs> she, she, whoo. Don't, don't do it. Woo. <laughs> ah, so there's different things that we're afraid of. You know that you could be afraid, you could be afraid of having lack in your life. And if you're afraid of lack, then you'll never give. Because you're fearful that if I give, I won't have enough. That's a fear that controls you in the area of your giving. And do you know that there are different levels of fear that you have to break through? And the thing is, is what are you afraid of? What things are you afraid of that are controlling you? Because fear is actually torment. When you're afraid of something, you have torment in your life, and you cannot face that thing because you believe that that thing will destroy you if you faced it. And you think about Israel when Dave, in the day of David and Goliath. For 40 days, Israel had this giant come out and breathe threats against them. They had this giant of a man who was massive. It was like 12 foot tall or something ridiculous. Imagine a teenager going up against a 12 foot man that has, has armor and swords. The, his breastplate... The, the weight of his armor was more than David weighed. So whatever it is that you're fearing, it's coming at you with threats. And the whole nation of Israel was coward. They were cowards. They didn't want to go out and face this giant. But here comes this little kid, David, who'd spent time with God in, in, in the fields taking care of sheep. He took out a lion. He took out a bear. And when he saw this giant, he was like, it's no different God helped me take out the lion and the bear. And the same God who helped me overcome those giants in my life will help me take you down. And so what I want you to know is that you have, you have to start with the little giants and start building your faith. You've got to start facing the little things that you're afraid of. And as you face those things, the Lord will be with you and you will overcome those things and you'll start having a track record in your life that if God helped me through that fear and through that fear and this fear, then the next fear in front of me is coming down too. Because God doesn't want you to be afraid of anything except Him. Fearing Him and Him alone. And when we fear the Lord, we honor Him, we reverence Him, we obey Him. When we fear the Lord, we put His word, His commands, His decrees, His thoughts, His will, His way above everything else in our lives. But if you've got fear controlling you, then we cannot fear the Lord and obey the things He's telling us to do. And so we have to deal with the spirit of fear. Can we get an amen? And, and I tell you, I've walked 25 years with the Lord. 26 years I've walked with Him. And every time the Lord tells you to do something, it's always outside of your strength, wisdom, financial realm, and ability. Because faith, if you could do it in your own strength, 
then you don't need faith. You don't need God because you're self-sustaining and you can do it. So what God does is He puts mountains in front of you. He puts challenges in front of you. There's all these things and He says, okay, go to the other side. And in your mind, you're saying, you're crazy, God. There is no way that I can get to the other side of this thing. And what is impossible with you, if God said it, that means it's possible if you do it with Him. Can we get an amen? So when God tells you to do something, don't allow the fear to hit you. Choose to say, I'm going to obey the Lord no matter what, even if it kills me. But you will find it's not you that will be killed. It's the fear inside of you that dies. How are you going to do something great for God if you'll never be willing to step out of the boat? Out of what's comfortable, out of what you know. You have to step into the unknown. And that's like taking a risk. But if God said you can, that means you can. And that's what it means to fear God. I'm going to do what He says. Even when my mind tells me it's impossible, even when the circumstances tell me it's impossible, when the people around me say it cannot be done, if God said it, then it's fine. It's settled. I choose to fear Him and I will obey Him because He is my God. And He is with me. And if He is who He says He is, He's the Lord of heaven's armies. He's invincible in battle. He said that if he was with me and he was for me, then nothing could stand against me. I feel faith rising in you this morning. Amen. So we're going to take down some giants. Let me read some scriptures. I know I've got to go to Matthew, but let me read some things here. Matthew 10.28 says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They they cannot touch your soul. Amen. We need to fear God and Him alone. Proverbs 8.13 says, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Say hate evil. Proverbs 8.13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. So when you're going to love God, when you're going to fear God, there's going to be things you're going to hate. You're going to love what God loves and you're going to hate what God hates. Is this true? And so he says here, I hate pride, say pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. Proverbs 16, 6 says, by fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. Psalm 112, 1 says, how blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. Proverbs 14.27 says, The fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and your sleep will be satisfied untouched by evil. 
Psalm 33, 8 through 9 says, Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of Him. For when He spoke, the world began. It appeared at His command. And so, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about the fear of the Lord. It talks about the blessings that will come upon you if you will fear the Lord. If you will obey His commands, His decrees, if you'll walk in His ways. And so the fear of the Lord is the foundation or the beginning of wisdom. What does wisdom produce? Wealth, long life, honor. It'll produce um, fame. It'll lift you up. Wisdom will lift you up. But we have to be humble. Look at somebody and say, you've got to be humble. You've got to submit yourself to the process that God has set before you. In, um, in October, in the, in, in the year 2007, I had several encounters with the Lord. It was a year where the Lord was preparing us to start this ministry. And I remember during the summer of that year, I went to a summer camp meeting up at Pastor Rodney's church. And um, in that meeting, I received what you would call an impartation. Say an impartation. An impartation is when God takes an assignment and He puts it on the inside of you. And in that assignment comes vision. Everything that you need to know about what God wants you to do, it's included in this impartation. I'll explain it to you. It's like a download. When you go online and you download a file, this file gets downloaded, and when you open it, it has all this stuff on the inside of it. It's got audio, it's got video, it's got instruction, it's got pictures, it's got everything you need to know about what God has given you as an assignment. Look at the person next to you and say, the Word of God is seed. And in the seed is everything that you need for that seed to become a tree that produces fruit. It's all in the Word. It's all in the seed. It's all in the assignment. It's all in what God says. And so this download happened in this meeting like light was imparted into me. And over a period of three months, I wrote out a vision. And in this, in this three months, every morning I would wake up and the Lord would give me another piece to it. I knew it supernaturally by the Spirit. It wasn't somebody telling me what my assignment was. I didn't get it from Bible school. I didn't get it from any man. I didn't copy another man's ministry. The Lord gave it to me. It came from His mouth. Can I get an amen? And for three months, I wrote this vision out. And the Lord showed me how He took people out of captivity in Egypt. How he led them out with signs, wonders, and miracles. How they crossed the Red Sea. How God destroyed their enemies. How he brought them to the other side. Brought them by Mara. He brought them to the mountain. Then he took them from the mountain where they wandered. Those that were unbelievers died. Then he took Joshua to bring them across the Jordan into the promised land. And the Lord laid this whole thing out for me. And then later on in that year... It was in uh, October, on the 29th of October, 2007. I had another encounter with the Lord and the Lord spoke to me and He said, it's time to take what I've given you and put it on a lampstand for everyone to see. 
That's when the Lord called us to start the church. And a couple of days later, the Lord visited my wife at 3 a.m. in the morning and confirmed everything He had said to me about what we were supposed to do. And family, I want you to know today that we understand the journey out of slavery to sin, out of bondage, out of captivity in every form, and how to lead you out of that place into the fullness of the promises of God so that you can go from the curse to the blessing. There is a journey, and everyone has to take the journey, and it's something that you choose to do. If you don't take the journey, you stay where you are. But it is a spiritual journey. It is something that happens on the inside of you that changes the way you live on the outside. Can we get an amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell or the road to destruction is broad. Its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. The road is difficult and only few ever find it. And so a lot of people come to church, but they don't know how to live in the blessing. A lot of people come to church, they do a lot of works, but they don't have a relationship with God. A lot of people come with baggage and bondage and and stuff from their lives that they don't know how to get rid of. That you come with things, even though you believe in Jesus, you're still carrying stuff that you don't know how to shake free from. And you can hear a hundred thousand messages, but still be stuck with the same thing. And you don't need somebody to preach to you. You need somebody to lead you into a place of freedom. Can I get an amen? But if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? And if you won't submit yourself to leadership that will lead you and show you how to get there, you'll never find it. I'm telling you right now, this road is narrow. It is hard to find. And you need to find somebody who can take you through that process. And I'm here to tell you, we know how to do it. You say, why? Because I walked it. Because the Lord taught me, He brought me through, and He gave me this assignment to His people. And the Lord said to me, the enemy's plan is to divide and conquer, but I've called you to restore relationships so my people can prosper. And the Lord wants you to experience the fullness of the blessing that He has that Jesus Christ paid the price for. But just coming to church and sitting in a seat once a week isn't going to fix it for you. And so we have built a process here to lead you out of Egypt through the wilderness and bring you into the promised land. We have built a process to take you out of darkness and bring you into light. Come through all the gray areas. But you have to be willing to surrender to the Lord and you have to be willing to take the steps that are required. And if it takes you one year to take one step, that's, the, that's how long it's going to take you to get to the other side. A very long time. But if you will choose to do what God requires and you'll be quick and swift to obey the Lord, you'll break through real quickly. You'll leave everybody else behind and people will be seeing you like, how's he, how's he doing that? Because they're choosing to be humble and they're choosing to take what's been given to them and apply it immediately and not wait. If something is out of order in your life, And you refuse to change. 
then you'll be stuck there. Because God's next step won't happen until you take the first step. And there's many of you waiting on God, but you're not willing to take the step that you know you're supposed to take. I want that, God, but I won't deal with this here. And it's like layers. It's like in layers of on- an onion has layers. And God peels one layer at a time. And he has an order to your breakthrough. And if you're not willing to deal with the things in his order, you're saying, God, no, I want it in my order. That's arrogance and pride. There's no fear of God there. So either you surrender or you don't. But it's about you laying down your life. Because you're not going to find it any other way. I'm telling you what I know is true. And I want to see you break through, man. With all my heart, I want you to break through. But if you're going to be stubborn, that's on you. Is he getting mad? No. I'm mad at the devil. I hate the devil. Because I know what he does to steal, kill, and destroy. Can we get an amen? So that's what I'm, that's what I'm ticked at. Because I'm here to enforce what Jesus paid the price for. It's already done, amen? So let me give you an example of this. Surrender means giving your whole life. That means my life no longer belongs to me. My life is now yours, Lord. Is that what it means? That's what full surrender looks like. People surrender partially. I'll give you this piece, Jesus. But full surrender means my time, my talents, my money, my treasure, my temple. This is a holy temple. It's not going to go places it shouldn't go. It's not going to do things it shouldn't do. It's not going to look at things it shouldn't look at. It's not going to say things it shouldn't say. It's not going to listen to things. It's not going to touch things it shouldn't do. This is a holy temple. This temple is where God is going to reside and live. And if I take this temple of God and, and, and connect it to things that, that God hates, then God isn't, God isn't going to hang around that. The presence of God will not be with you. A lot of people struggle to feel the presence and know the presence is there. It's because they're hanging around things that push the presence of God away from you. And you have to choose that I want God's presence more than anything else in my life. That's what this covenant is about. It's not about stuff in the natural. It's a journey that you walk into the presence of God. And from that place, everything you need is provided. Israel walked it in the natural, but we walk it in the spirit. And it's a journey of taking down giants in your head. Because it's the things in your head that separate you from the presence of God. It's strongholds in the mind because you've been trained wrong. Because the world has influenced your thinking and you think certain things are right because that's all you know. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that we need to renew our minds to how God wants things done. And if you will just take the word and say, God, this will be the standard that I live by. This is, this is what you want me to live by. Whatever in my mind and heart does not line up with your word, I'll change whatever in my life to line up with you. That's what the fear of the Lord is all about. So if I know that sleeping around before marriage is not on, then I don't keep doing it. 
If I know that getting drunk and smashed out of my mind and high is wrong, then I got to stop doing it. But if you're saying, God, I want all your blessing, but I'm not willing to give up the sin that I know is wrong. If I won't take the first step, I'm not going to get to where I need to go. And so you have to choose to surrender the things that are holding you back. And you say, well, I can't shake it because you're trying to shake it in your own strength. But if you'll come to the altar and say, God, deliver me. I need Jesus to deliver me from the thing that holds me captive, from the Pharaoh that's keeping me in sin and death. Because when you wake up from those moments, you feel guilt, you feel shame, you feel like a terrible person, you feel hopeless, because that's the enemy's strategy to keep you bound and to take you back into that thing because it's temporary pleasure. But afterwards, it's torment. Because you're afraid. And you won't come to God and deal with it. You won't bring it to the Lord. Because you think God's going to judge you, but He loves you. Can I get an amen? And so family, while we're walking, God says, you need to fix your mouth. Well, I'm refusing to control my tongue. Well, guess what? You're not moving forward until you do what God told you to do. He might tell you to fix your mouth, but he might tell me to fix something else. But you don't have to worry about what he's telling me. You just got to worry about what he's telling you. Walk your journey with the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. If you know that you're not supposed to be living with someone that you're not married to, then fix it. Don't wait five years. Don't wait five years. Do what the Bible says and do it swiftly. Do it quickly. Why? Because I'm honoring God and I'm going to fix what's wrong in my life. Why? Because I want my life to be pleasing to God. If I know stealing is wrong, well, I don't steal. Well, you come to work late, you leave early, and when you're on the job, you play around. You're stealing from your employer because they're paying you to do a job and you're not giving them your all. That's stealing. If you know that when you don't give your tithe and offering to the Lord, that's robbing God. But I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. So guess what? Fear controls you in honoring the Lord. You need to make a decision. Who do I fear more? Do I fear lack more or do I fear God more? But I'm telling you right now that if you will put the Word of God to test in any area, you will see God show up and prove Himself as God in that moment. But you will not figure it out until you face your giant. We, we sang that song, uh, Every Victory. The power of God is made manifest on the battlefield. But if you'll never face your giant, you'll never see the power of God at work. You want victory? Face your giant. You want breakthrough? Then look at the thing that you know you have to fix. And I know every person in here has something they know they need to fix, but you've been procrastinating. And procrastinating is a form of fear. And so some of you are looking for the breakthrough. You're looking for the next thing God wants you to do, but you haven't done the thing that He's already told you to do. And God's not going to give you another command until you obey the last one. I'm always looking for a new word. I'm always looking for a new thing. Did you do the last thing the Lord told you to do? No. 
Well, then go back and do what the Lord said. Coming into this year, the Lord said to me, I said, Lord, what do you want from me this year? You want me to give more? What, what do you want from me? And the Lord said, I don't want your money. I want your time. So I know for me personally, the Lord wants more of my time. That's what I have to do. Is it easy? No. It's a struggle anytime the Lord tells you to do something because you have to change your life. But if you will say, I'm going to honor God and I'm going to do what He says, you're going to see the rewards that come to you. Can I get an amen? amen? And so this is what it means to fear the Lord, family. And there's this journey you have to walk out of Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land. Here in this church, with the reason we've set up this process this way, and the reason we put certain things in order, if you won't come through the process, we can't help you. We can't help you because we're showing you where the water is, but you won't walk it to go drink it. And you can't help somebody that won't follow. Jesus said, follow me. He didn't tell us to control you and make you. He said, follow. That means it's your choice. Is this true? God's not controlling you. He set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, choose life. I beg you, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. And so it boils down to who do I fear? And so in this journey, let me tell you a couple of things that are going to happen along the way. The first thing that you have to do is get rid of every other God in your life. You've got to get rid of crystal bowls. You've got to get rid of teacup reading. You've got to get rid of horoscopes. You've got to get rid of going online, clicking on things to see what your fortune holds. The only fortune and blessing you have is found in the book that God wrote about you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And you'll never tap that info that God has for your life if you keep looking for information from other sources. And so you got to say there is no other God, there is no other way. There's only one way, and that's Jesus. That includes you being your own God. Uh, that's where I throw a podium right there. You see, you got to you got to step out of the place where I'm going to do it my way, my will, my way. That's you setting yourself up as God, which is arrogance and pride. And you have to humble yourself. Say, so i got to humble myself. That means i got to follow somebody. If you're going to follow somebody, you're going to have every opportunity to have issues with that person God's telling you to follow. Well, I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he walks. I don't like what he has to say. His wife, I don't know about her. She's crazy. That music they play. The enemy will come up with every kind of thing to get you distracted so that you won't get focused and set a course in front of you and say, I'm going to walk this road. I'm going to not do it in 40 years. I'm going to do it in seven days. Are you with me? And so you've got to decide, I'm going to leave Pharaoh. I'm going to leave sin. I'm going to leave that lifestyle. That means you have to separate from some friends. Oh, I don't like this church thing. Do you want to walk in the blessing of God? Yeah. Those friends are holding you captive in who you used to be. Yeah. 
They know where you come from. They know all the sin you've been through. They've got pictures and record of all the crazy things you did together. And the minute you say, I'm leaving the pack, oh, you're so holy now. You're going to face persecution from the people that you thought were your friends. But I'm telling you right now, I know what it's like. I know what it is to have money, to have authority, and to give people access to certain things. And when you don't have those things no more, they leave you. And they'll stab you behind your back while you're being a blessing to them. Because they're only out for themselves, just like you. That's a dog-eat-dog world. That's an eye-for-an-eye world. That's the territory of the enemy where it's all about pleasing self. And you got to make a decision. I'm leaving the lowlands and I'm coming to the highlands. I'm coming out of the darkness. I'm coming out of the shadows. I'm coming out of living in that world. And I'm coming into the light. Can I get an amen? You got to decide that you're running off to the light. You got to decide that you're leaving Egypt. You're packing up and you're moving territory. I'm no longer going to live in the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to run into the kingdom of God. And God said there's certain people that will not come into that kingdom. If you're practicing certain things that are against God's will and against God's way, you don't have access. Is this true? Am I preaching the truth this morning? I am laying the, filleting it this morning. Shaka Zulu, baby. You say you got all of that while you were in worship? Yeah, pretty much. So you got to decide, I'm packing up. I'm leaving that false God. I'm leaving that old life. I'm going on a journey to this brand new thing God has for me. Then you're going to come to the church. Some brand new people you got to come around. Let me say this to you. Everyone in here came out of Egypt. And everyone in here has different issues that they're carrying. So if you're going to look around at the people and their issues and you're going to be like, well, this one isn't perfect and I don't like that one. That's part of your love walk that you better fix. Take this finger and put it away. Stop pointing fingers at everybody else and start looking on the inside. Stop trying to take the log out of somebody, plank out of the speck out of somebody else's eye and take a look at the giant log in your eye first. Stop picking on other people. Stop trying to change other people. Focus on you and the Lord. Fix your face. Look in the mirror of the Word of God and if whatever is out of order, fix it. Can we get an amen? So stop picking on the people around you. Understand that the people around you are broken. They've got their own issues and they're trying to get fixed. They don't, they're walking away from people who've called them all the things in the book that they don't want to be called anymore. They don't need brothers and sisters in the church picking on them too. You're supposed to encourage one another and help one another and be a support to one another. And I'm struggling, but you're coming and saying, you know what, I'm your friend, I'm struggling too, but we're gonna face our giants and we're gonna become overcomers. We're gonna get the victory because we're in Christ Jesus and we're overcomers and He's already won this battle and we're going into victory. Can we get an amen? And you know what, just because you say I'm taking this giant down, it might not happen in one month, it might not happen in two months. Some addictions that you carry, you've been doing them for years. 
And then suddenly you walk in the church and pray a prayer, and now that thing's got to be gone. No, you need to retrain yourself. That's why when you get the Holy Ghost, you get a spirit of self-control. And the power of God will help you make changes to your life. Stop looking for magic. Wave the wand. Get the oil. No, God gives you the power to overcome the sin in your life. I got power. I'm just giving you tips along the journey. Let me give you another tip. Most people come from other churches and they carry baggage from past church experiences. Uh, uh, uh. You're never going to tap into the realm God wants you to step into if you're holding judgment in your heart against other ministers and leaders. Telling you right now, I don't care. You'll know, all you'll know is religion. Say, how do you know? I made that mistake. I learned the hard way. Spirit of judgment, judging all the church people. Our church is better than that church. We're the the only ones that have the way. Full of pride and arrogance and it's ugly. And then you sit and pick on different people. I like this church better. I like you guys better because these people are there. Don't come to me and tell me how you like our church better than the other church. Because if you do that there and you come and tattle on them, then when you get angry and leave here, you'll tattle on me. I don't want to hear it. Better watch out now. Fire and glory and thunder and get rebuked. I'm leaving. The next thing is, can you handle discipline? Can you handle being corrected without crying? Being a big baby? And then, woe is me, and they hate me, and I'm leaving. Look at somebody and say, suck it up. I don't like what Pastor preached. Everything I'm saying is right in that book. If you don't like what I'm saying, go check the word and go talk to God and he'll back me up, I tell you what. Because I'm saying exactly what he says. So you can't judge spiritual leadership. You've got to forgive them. I'll say this too. If you love your money more than you love God, you'll never tap the true riches of heaven. You're going to have to face that giant and you're going to have to honor God with the best part of what your life produces. It's real. It's as real as it gets. That's part of your journey. I don't want to take it. Well, fine. Stay where you are. I'm just telling you the truth. These are giants you're going to face on the journey and you're going to have to overtake these things and you're going to have to break their fear and their influence in your life. Say the guys and the girls, the gold and the glory. Those are three tests every person has to face. Anytime you're starting to move forward with God, there's always going to be some honey that shows up in your life trying to distract you. I'm going to take this journey with the Lord. Suddenly some hot thing comes to seduce you. I found my man. You're not in the promised land yet. You don't even have yourself fixed. You've got some man from Egypt that's not even where he needs to be yet. Oh, I'm going to help him find, it, find the promised land. No, you're not his promised land, baby. 
I'm going to lead him. No, he's supposed to be leading you. You find a man that you got to lead, you got the wrong relationship. So watch out. On this journey, one of the first temptations coming your way is, is that guy-girl test. If you're single, don't fall into the trap. Keep running after God. In due season, he'll bring the right one. Get your eyes off guys and girls. Get your eyes on Jesus. Provision. Oh, this happens all the time. This is, num- this is like right there with those guys-girl tests. People start coming to church. They start turning their life around. And then suddenly they get a job offer providing them 50 cents more per hour on a Sunday. Suddenly that 50 cent more an hour is going to pull them right out of everything that they're running after. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things. I'm here to tell you, if you want to walk in what God has for you, you've got to stop looking at the lure of money. I don't care who offers you what. I don't care what boat and what package they offer you and what airplane pa- and what office. It doesn't matter what the benefits package is. There is no greater benefits package than the presence of God and the blessing that He has for your life. There's nothing better than it. So don't run after money. Don't let money persuade you. Don't let money move you. If you're making a commitment to the journey, then walk the journey. And understand that distractions are coming to pull you away. And you've got to understand that it's the enemy's tactic to get you off course. And if you can't see that, you don't see it. You, don't, you just think it's, oh, it's the blessing of God. It's coming. No, it's not yet time. Trust me. I've watched so many people come in, they're getting their marriages restored, they're getting their lives restored. God is moving in their life and suddenly a 50 cent increase takes them out of the process and then before you know it, they're on some trash heap coming back crying. Shouldn't have left the Lord. Time and time and time again. You've got to put first things first and God needs to be first. Can I get an Amen. Let's talk about pride for a second. If you are going to resist what God's word says, your ground is hard and God cannot change your life. You have to make a decision that what the Bible says is the full authority. If God said it, that settles it. And I will change me to line up with what this says. I'm not going to take the word and twist it to mean what I want it to mean. God knows what he said. He's not changing his mind. And we have to change our minds to line up with what God says. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let me tell you another thing you're going to have to deal with on your journey. You're going to have to forgive your mother and your father. I remember the Lord said, uh, Lord spoke to me one day. He said, you've judged your parents. I said, Lord, when did I judge them? When? I haven't judged them, Jesus. And the Lord said to me, the moment you said you never want to be like them, you've judged them. Reality check, that shut me up real quick. And there's stuff that you have in your heart that you don't even know is there. There's a lot of things that happen in our childhood that we carry pain and all kinds of things. And not only is there a taking away of judgment, but there's a healing that needs to happen on the inside of you. And until you're willing to forgive your parents and bless them for what they did provide and who they are, they didn't abort you, you're alive today. 
They did the best they could. They weren't perfect. Maybe they, the fact that you're here today and alive and you know Jesus, he can restore anything that's broken. And so we need to just extend forgiveness. We need to honor our father and mother. We just need to thank the Lord for them. And then let the Lord deal with all that stuff in your heart. And I remember I moved, I moved to America. I thought I got away from all that stuff. I remember in 2010, my mom and dad, um, they were going through a transition. They were selling their business that they had for 45 years. And we were going to have Ryzen, our third child. And they came over for a season. And when my mom and dad came over, I realized there was so much stuff that I still had that was unresolved on the inside of me. And the fact that they came over here was God showing me there's stuff that you have to deal with in your heart. And you're going to have opportunity to face some of the stuff in your heart. And what needs to be in your heart, there needs to be peace and there needs to be joy and there needs to be purity when you think about those people. If you don't have peace when you think about someone, you've got an issue with them and that's a blockage in your heart in your relationship with the Lord. Are you with me? And so we're going to have clean hands and a pure heart. We're going to clean you out on the inside. All of the old life is going to get wiped out. And the only thing you're going to have is faith on the inside of you about your future. You're not going to be looking back anymore. You're not going to have any ties to the old life. You're not having anything pulling you any other way. The only thing that leads you is the Word of God and His presence. And family, it's a life that everyone can live. But you've got to take the journey. Amen? So you're going to have to deal with those. You're going to have to forgive brothers and sisters. You're going to have to forgive exes, ex-wives, ex-husbands. Some of you are co-parenting with other spouse, with your ex, and there's torment in all of that. And you have to face that stuff on a regular basis. You're living in the torment of that thing. Every day, we need to fix it. We've got to get the bitterness out. Look at the person next. You say, we've got to drain the bitterness out of you. Do you see how much work needs to be done? Do you see how much needs to be corrected on the inside? And we're just touching the surface. And so we've got to lead you through all this stuff. And as you're walking, as you're coming through, God's going to show you, okay, this is a giant. This is a wall. This is an issue. Deal with it. Well, I don't want to deal with it. No, you say, okay, God, how? Help me, show me. Pastor, I got this issue. How do I deal with it? You fix it by doing this. Well, I don't like that. Well, if you do it, you'll get your breakthrough. So you've got to deal with these issues. You've got to deal with your attitudes. And you've got to surrender. You've got to say, I'm giving my life to you, God, because I need you to fix everything that's broken. When you were born in this world, you were born separated from the kingdom. You were born separated from God's presence. And only when you come into God's presence will He show you the things that He has for you. It's like flashes of light where God shows you pieces to the puzzle. And when you see things in the kingdom, the book of John says, John chapter 1. John, let's read it because I'm going to mess it up. Go to John, is it John 3? John 3, try that. This is what it says here. It was a man, verse 1. It was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied. He didn't even ask a question. 
I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He was like, this guy's crazy. So the things that we're going to talk about that are spiritual are going to sound crazy to you. Your mind isn't going to get it. That's why you need to believe and obey, and then you'll see what God is saying. And Jesus, said, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce, can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So what we have to do is we have to lead you, deal with certain things, lay a foundation for you to get the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. We've got to open that door for you to come into the presence of God where God's words can shine light in your heart, where God can speak to you and show you the things that He wants you to change. A lot of us are trying to break through stuff in our own strength. But if you'll just get into the presence of God, the light will shine in the darkness. God will remove the deception. You'll see the truth and your life will change automatically. Oh, you don't get that. Look at the person next to you and tell them the way to break through is not through flesh and blood. It's not what I do in the natural. It's about coming into the presence of God. And in His presence... There is grace to break me free from everything that's binding me. It is a work of the Spirit of God, but we got to get you into the presence of God for the Spirit to break you free. This is the relationship that we have to get you into, where on a daily basis, God is adjusting, He's speaking, He's correcting, He's showing you what to do. It is going from living by your five senses and everything that's going on in the world to tapping into a relationship with the Lord on the inside where the Lord leads and guides you by His Word and by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And family, this is a life that is fantastic. But we have to break you free. Can I get an amen? And so this is what it is to fear the Lord. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Your word is final authority in my life. God, I am blind. I don't know where I'm walking, but I trust you. And if you're in this building, God sent you here. You're not here by chance. You're not here by accident. And you need to plug in. Can I get an amen? And you need to say, I'm going to go through this process. And I'm telling you, it's just two years. Just give two years of your life to this thing. And I'm telling you, you'll look back two years and you'll see what the Lord has done. I'm telling you right now. The first year is all about dealing with the hurt and the pain and the negativity and all the uh, the attitudes. The second year is all about God empowering you and gracing you and gifting you and showing you things. I know it. I know the process. I know how it works. But you've got to commit yourself to it. Can I get an amen? So here at the church, we've got several processes. One process is getting people from the community into the church. The second process is getting you from sitting to serving. And the third process is getting you from serving to leading. And we're working on the fourth process right now, which is leading to launching. And there's things God wants to do through you and launch through you. He wants to birth things through you. All of this that we have, all of pure, 
the preschool, before and after school care. Everything that we've built is because the Lord birthed it through us. And God is looking for a bride that will let his word come and take root. And he'll birth something in the earth through your life, through impartation. And that's what God wants from you. What have you birthed for the Lord? Mary birthed Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and there's impartation that comes, there's a birthing of the plan of God in the earth through you. It's a spiritual thing. And we want everybody to experience that. Can I get an amen? You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene and shadow. The moment you came down and hit the floor. My failure didn't matter. You, you made impossible, possible. Wow.